0: Live Live. from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. ToadHopNetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching.
1: Call. Rod Pod. New school. New rules. <laughs> How you doing? Martha. All the way from Glasgow,
2: Scotland, weighing two hundred and forty five pounds.
1: The hot rod. Rowdy, Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Piper. How you doing? How's everybody? Holy moly. Holy moly, huh? Very cool. We got um Well, thanks for having me, Ron. Yeah, uh, first, you know, we have Steve Simone. Um, Steve Simone and Tony Hinchcliffe, two comics that I met at uh, the comedy store on Sunset Boulevard. I spent a lot of time with them. They're like the greatest comics, and they're m- my friends. And my producer, Justin. Hi, uh, Justin.
3: Uh, hello. <laughs> he's really excited. You know, he, he's,
1: he's talked to me like for four days, and he's about, about enough of Rod Pod as he can handle. Jeepers, <laughs> ah, for for creepers. Yeah, I was watching uh uh I was watching Hank Williams Jr. is a friend of mine. Cool. And I just saw him on Fox. He did a new show, a new song rather, uh called Old School New Rules. And he was talking about like I guess his wife divorced him and he's got his he's got no ring. Either. I didn't see that coming and <laughs> and the way I met Hank Williams Jr. was uh he asked me in Miami one New Year's Eve that he was playing Miami, he said, uh, "Would you just come down and introduce me?" Bocephus said this. Bocephus, yeah, him on New Year's Eve in, New Miami. Year, in Miami.
3: That's
2: right? like a triple th- threat ah. of party insanity, oh,
1: baby Jesus! You know, the Miami downtown. If anybody knows, there's one place called the Combat Zone. Police don't go there. You know, that's <laughs> a good thing. You know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know,
2: kind of. You're bringing in New Year's. What year? do you remember? What? Oh, jeepers creepers. Is this like Miami Vice era Miami? Oh, no, like, this is 80s? like
1: 89. Oh, my
2: God. Okay. So wow. it's like Miami, the 80s. The, okay, yeah. The Hot <laughs> Rod and Bo hey. on New Year's Eve. Holy God, yeah. like It's like
1: the if, plot to a movie. If you can remember the 80s, you weren't there. You know? <laughs> 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 and then, so, I come down and, and he brought my wife, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and I'm so, and I got my kilt on, and I go, Hank, what do you want me to do? He says, man, would you just introduce me? Okay. And I go, well, what am I going to do? I look out, and I got my kilt on, and I had two cans of beer. So I poured both cans of beer over my head, and I turned around. I had I wore my kilt properly. I had only thing I had under it was my shoes, and I mooned the whole crowd. And I turned around and said, "If you don't like Hank Williams, you can kiss my ass." And he was going to go into the song, and he just stopped. He says, I'm not sure I can follow that. <laughs> <laughs> so I love him so much, man. And he was, he's so down to earth. He's been through a lot. Yeah. You know, and so I just saw him perform on Fox like two days ago. And one of the things in, you know, in in wrestling is they have old school and, and new school and they try to make the division. And then I saw Bo Sifus going, old school, new rules. <laughs> Okay. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You mean I don't have to protect anything anymore? I can actually just tell the truth? And where can I do this? And then my producer, Justin, my buddy, and he got me on Universal City Walk. I mean, how cool it's is that? It's a pretty epic place, right? It's pretty epic. What
4: place. happened right down the street?
1: Um, you know, there's two transvestites at that one.
4: <laughs> I mean, more no. than you getting inducted in the Hall of Fame about Thank 300 you. feet from here. Ah,
1: you know what? I, I'm so glad you're here because I would never remember that. I, I did. I got inducted in the. You know what? I, I was I got, there. You were there? I in the amphitheater? This is how
2: great life is, and it proves to me God's real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the truth. <laughs> okay, wait a second. I got the ring on. In t- it was 205, spring of 2005. Yeah. Because at the
2: time, you guys know Court, our buddy Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Court. Court from the comedy store was promoting, uh, he used to do Playboy comedy at the Palms. Okay. So at the time I was still working the door at the comedy store. I'm making <laughs> no money. And the best gig I had in my life was Court would fly me to Vegas. I would hand out flyers in the lobby of the casino. He'd give me buffet passes, a couple hundred bucks, and five or ten minutes of stage time.
1: (laughs) Buffet passes, the most important thing (laughs) there.
2: The greatest thing ever, right? (laughs) (laughs) Then I get a phone call from our buddy Brett Ernst. And he goes, did you see what's going to go down at the Universal City Walk? And I go, no. He goes, they're all getting inducted, bro. Hogan, Horton, the Sheik, and he goes, and the hot rod. I'm like, I got to go. Seriously. No, this is – and then they announced Stallone as one of the presenters, and Ric Flair was going to induct you. So I'm like, head. I don't care what happens. I have to do this. It was one of the weekends I had to go to Vegas, okay? Got it. So I have to make a decision. So you went to Vegas. Oh, no, 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 no. So I call court. Okay, so here's the thing. I have to figure out if I can get tickets. I took, like, honestly, the last, like, 60 bucks I had to buy tickets for me and Brett, and he was like, I'll pay you back. <laughs> I go online. The only seats – This is all true. The only seats that we could get were all the way in the back, like, could literally touch the ceiling. The nosebleed section. The nosebleed section. We love the nosebleed sections. (laughs) That's all we could get. And you came? I go to call the guy, I call, call court about Vegas. He's like, well, why can't you work this week? Well, it was like a month out. I give him a morning and he, I was like, well, I'm going to go to the pro wrestling hall of fame induction ceremonies. And he goes, ha ha ha. <laughs> no, seriously, why can't you work? I go, I have to go see the hot rod get inducted at I hall love fame. you. Oh. And then we go, it's the best. It's me and Brett. We're like little kids. Ric Flair's speech to induct you. I want to go over that and see if that story was true.
1: Oh, baby Jesus. The seat's getting hotter.
2: The last $20 I had on a
1: Hot Rod shirt. Get out. No, and that's the shirt I wore. What? When you opened for me the first time. Five years later. That's the shirt I
2: wore in January of 2010 or whatever. When we did the. Roddy Piper comedy show at the Improv.
1: At the Improv. Let me, so let me tell you what was going on then. Um, just before I was to go on to get inducted, there's only two people: myself and Vince McMahon. And he's on the cans. Uh, he's got uh, headphones on. And the last time I'd seen him, he had fired me for the fourth time for doing <laughs> for doing an H- for doing something. Considered wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, just so you know. So, now McMahon's there. We haven't spoken a word. Not a word. And I'm waiting. And Flair comes back and he says to me, Pipes, pipes. He says, Tell me you'll go for it. Which means, like, come on, don't hold back and be political. Tell me. Okay, Rick, I'll go for it. Rick's introduction to me for my Hall of Fame must have been 12 minutes. Mm hmm. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, "Well, I was married for 22 years.) <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he went into the stewardesses of you know, it was all lies. And
2: was that all lie?
1: Well, About it was getting arrested and start uh, a riot? jeez, Well, maybe not all of it off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ah, We leg-dived the Briscoes <laughs> in, <laughs> in the, the airport. airport. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true, Wait, unfortunately. What did
5: you do to the Briscoes?
1: Well, jeez, oh, man! If
2: that's not that's that <laughs> is
1: detailed.
2: He told well, he yeah. was working with a promoter somewhere, like maybe Puerto Rico yeah, or something. See, I got blacked. Feared his life and wanted to bring somebody that they would. Uh, okay,
1: say Santa, that he, Domingo. Uh, Santa, Santa Domingo, Santa uh, Domingo. What happened? Uh,
2: well, no, I think his strategy. I, I, Somebody that would get the Kill crowd. Me, man. Uh, uh. Never mind Rick wrestling. Ric
1: <laughs> okay, so f- I got blackballed uh, in all of, uh, North America when I was wrestling for TBS. Uh, the guy's name was just second. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> you know, um, Barnett, Jim Barnett. Okay, uh. and so and I had I had a little girl at the time, my first child. And I couldn't get booked any place except for Rick Rickers comes up to me and he says, Pipes, I got a perfect place for you. It's hot, it's warm, it's got beaches. <laughs> yeah, all right, uh, I'll go, you know. And where is it? Santa Domingo. I don't know if you know anything about Santa. I don't even know where that is. No. Okay, well, that's good. That's, uh, that's a point <laughs> in your favor. Santa Domingo, the way the generals get power there is by how many people they control or kill or beat up. Whoa. And... It's martial law. So we come into the building and uh, I had my match with... I I don't remember the guy's name. It doesn't matter. And so now it's Flair's time. And Flair wants me to come down to the ring with him. Why? Come on, pipes. Come on. We'll have fun. Fun. The place is sweltering. Okay. Now, in the crowd is the president's son. Uh And next to him... Our two guys with swirly things on their uniformed hats and, like, colonels, generals, whatever they were. Military guys. Very military. Yeah. Okay. This like is an important word. Guns. And they had sticks, um, I don't know, about a foot and a half long with, like, a six-inch chain on the end of it. And they would beat the people back with the sticks. To get away from the guys. To, to get away from, you know, I just, that's the way they control people. So, yeah, oh, that's like Flair. Of
2: an action movie. Flair,
1: no, <laughs> man, not cool cuz Flair gets down there and their champion comes in. And when he first came in the ring, I thought he was the referee. He was so little. Okay. Now Flair's laughing, but the people are cheering for this guy yeah. cuz he his training regiment was he ran across the bridge, which is like a block and a half. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the match starts. And they're crisscrossing, and then Flair gives me the high sign, pull his leg. <laughs> I've never been accused of being really brilliant <laughs> or having any real wait, wait, quality. what's break.
2: the high sign for pulling somebody's leg? Was that it literally a hand signal?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You guys can communicate like that? Yeah, like- we
1: can communicate. Sometimes... We just have to look, and because of what's <laughs> you're killing me. This is all right? the thing <laughs> we just have yeah, to look happens? at each other. Old school, new rules. I don't <laughs> gotta protect shit no more. <laughs> yeah. All right, and so, all right. So he gives me the high sign with his, you know, he looks at me and gives me the high sign to pull a leg. So this guy comes and I pull his leg. Oh, bad mistake. Um... The, the guards that brought me down with those sticks and chains, Yeah. what happened the president's son jumped to his feet and started crying. Oh, no. And then those two guys with the swirly hats start patting their guns. They jump up and pat their guns. Now, Flair's in the ring. we got to get the geography right. He's in the ring. I am not. <laughs> oh, I'm no. on the floor. And the guards turn on me and start hitting me with his chained sticks and they're and flares in the ring, laughing his ass off, <laughs> 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 Piper's having a great time. <laughs> <for. laughs> he uh, keeps uh, <laughs> and he just sings, "Ah, that Piper, always trying to steal the show." Yeah, my ass, <laughs> and they're killing me. And like the Could first... you fight back,
2: what do you do in that situation? Okay. It's martial law. It's yeah,
1: this is the first rule in a riot. You get it. <laughs>
3: time
1: I'm not kidding. There's <laughs> rules
3: to riots. Oh, like, yeah, rules. You know, the next time you're in a riot, this is what you're ah, going no. to
2: want to do.
1: I pray I'm never in a riot. <laughs> right, on. Okay, first rule is get a chair. Okay. Now, just okay. not Not to hit anybody with, to get over your head. Because okay. here's going to come, like, they got some great pictures in San, San you know, Those kids with cement rocks, and they're flying, and there's the guys with the, the sticks and the chains, and they're slashing at me, and Flair's still laughing. And finally, one of the guards grabs Flair's ankle, and Flair's not laughing no more. Gotcha. And we're in trouble. And it's all that brat kid. I guess it was me, but, you know. <laughs> I didn't see it that way. Wow. And now we're having problems getting out. Okay, and the wait, guy... Go ahead. Wait, I'm still um, a little yeah. confused about how this... Okay, so, so Flair's got a match. <laughs> yes. He okay, invites you down. Gotcha. You're,
2: you're, you already wrestled. Yes. Flair convinces you to come down to the ring with him and, like, have some laughs or whatever. Yeah,
1: like, you know, be in his corner. Yeah. And, because, and I think he just wants me, you know, kind of, like, having fun. But really, I didn't know the magnitude of the fight. I didn't know what Flair had said about their champion. Right. I didn't know how much everybody was in. How on. many people are in the arena, would you guess? Guessing 7,000?
2: Wow. Completely sold
1: out. And like there was no windows, there was just aluminum awnings. And um the guy that killed Bruiser Brody, actually um uh Carlos name? No. No, no, not right. Carlos, um just a second the masked Invader, Jose Gonzalez. Uh-huh. Uh he finally came down. And he pushed the guards back, and with the chairs over our heads, we got to the dressing room. But then we're we're in a corner, and uh, the guy, the wrestlers there, stole all our stuff. I lost my wedding ring. Oh my uh. god! And I lost my. They they had a, a guy made me a ring that looked like a king. It was really gaudy enough, I think about it. I loved it. And <laughs> <laughs> my ego, right? Juice. <laughs> <laughs> <My cat> Juice. <laughs> <you. laughs> and so. Now, Flair and I are in the corner because in Santa Domingo, there, it's not rocks. It's like chunks of cement. And remember, there's no windows. There are aluminum awnings, and they're throwing rocks through the aluminum windows. And it's like grenades coming in. Boom, boom, boom. And we're down in the corner trying to keep away from getting the grenades. And uh, Flair looks at me, and he says... Sometimes he pisses me off so much, uh, Dom Perignon. I want to kill you! that <laughs> boom, here comes the rock. And finally, what they did is, I, the the promoter Jose Gonzalez came that came from uh, Puerto Rico, got an ambulance, and they whipped an ambulance in like somebody was hurt. They put us in the ambulance, and they said, "You got to get out of the country now. Oh my uh, God. You're not going to make it." And they put us in a private plane. And land in so that uh, was
5: the end of Flair's match. Was just the starting of
1: a ride. That, yeah. You know which seemed to entertain them just fine. Nobody asked for their money right. back. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's
2: what I was gonna, the, Okay, so he's in the ring. Yeah. You walking him down. You're not in the ring. You are you said you were on the floor. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm on the floor like ringside leg. Like, let's pretend like I was Captain Lou the gotcha. manager guy. Gotcha. Right? Are, you are you in the kilt? Or? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm wow. totally brought up. So they know you're out. the
2: guy. You are the hot rod. And, hard broad, and I are. beat
1: their guy just right. like five minutes before. And I... Because... I wasn't the main event. I kind of took a shortcut and I beat him about five minutes. Boom. Just kind of hooked him and bomb. And I figured, it's it's, no, no, night's done. And But Rick wanted me to come down because I didn't... He had been there once before. Okay. Henceforth, the rematch here. I guess that's need-to-know information there. Yeah. That's why I love you so much. Thank you. And then... I figured out why when he said pull, I don't know why Flair said pull the leg. I think cause he knew a riot would happen. He loves watching me in riots. I've been in so, I've been stabbed three fucking times. It's getting a little old, Flair. And, uh, then, you know, got in an ambulance and, uh, so t- got in a plane. By- and then Flair put in his book. That guy, he says, I got, paid, I got paid five grand, and Piper got $500 and a platoon full of cocaine. <laughs> 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 yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, anyway. Uh, and that's, I'm not sure how we got there, but thank Wait, you for I the hot go I'm oh, so geez. amazed. Yeah. Like, okay. you, you're like,
2: hey, it was just a ride. We got on a private plane. Wait. Okay. Did this all start over just... Him giving you the look, and you pull the leg.
1: Yeah, because you see, uh just one move, you just pull one the pull. Guy's leg, yeah, this is all that's enough to start it. That's enough to start it because Flair had gone and wrestled the guy, and it was a thirty-minute time limit. Okay, and so the thirty minutes ran out. So then, in the first, f- match. in the very first match. Okay, so then, like everybody's behind the champion, I, it's like a uh, their, their player, guy, this guy, big time, okay. Jack Benitez. That was his okay. name. Okay, and so the whole country turned out to watch him run over the bridge a block and a half, <laughs> all right? And he's, I don't know, a buck fifty, he's weighing, okay. you know, maybe, I don't know, five, eight, maybe. Yeah. And, but the country loved him. More than that, the president's son loved him. Okay. And so, Flair, I guess, was just kind of, all right, we're going to get this guy down and get some heat on him. <laughs> Baby Jesus. And... uh So he gives me the high sign, but I don't think Flair really, because he wouldn't just, yeah, he would, (laughs) just put me in that situation. He was kind of thinking, you know, let's just kind of get it going because of the 30-minute time limit. He probably
5: couldn't account for the president's son freaking out and no, starting the
1: whole thing. See, that's, you know? uh, yeah, thank you. Right. This need, thank you, you. I wish you were there.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, sometimes I can't put these things together. <laughs> but no, he was, nobody was counting on the little brat crying. I mean, come on. I didn't take yeah. his Halloween candy. I just pulled a guy's leg and boom. <laughs> and um, it, like it didn't, we didn't get out till 3.34 in the morning. Like I mean, they threw for a long. They didn't leave. That was the problem. We were in the corner, sitting down, like our back to back kind of, and just kind of okay. They're going to get tired of this any time, you know. But they don't get tired of shit. They <laughs> stayed there and kept throwing these cement blocks. The place was full. It's hard to describe because when the cement blocks, after a while, as they were coming through these portholes, they they went into like dust poosh, and you could. It was hard to breathe. Because it was so full, like the match went on. I gotta guess it maybe ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Yeah, and this is like now three o'clock in the morning, and they're not even—I don't know—they got squads or something because they didn't get tired or nothing, and they're throwing this shit like stuff there was through no the window. Police
2: presence? Well, yeah, we two. kind of pissed the police. It was the army, so it was everybody that was like to- everybody in the country is against you guys. Everybody,
1: stuff? the whole arena, and it's because, like, well, the king's son and. Yeah. And I guess everybody wants to impress the king, or not the king, the president. Everybody wants to impress the president, and his son's crying, and I mean, these people, they don't, they're very poor people. Yeah. They don't have much, and so what they do have pride in, you know, they got a lot of pride in, it. and yeah. I pulled their pride in. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and then, you know, come two, th- two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, three thirty in the morning, Rocks are coming when you hardly breathe, and then uh,
2: that's when they put you on ambulance, yeah, that's
1: we were there man. for hours. We just figured they'd get tired
5: and go away. You remember any like what were you guys talking about or anything in the
1: yeah we actually talking you know, for a while We were talking about the stewardesses, but uh, you know, it was uh his stewardesses, but it was uh, hard with the uh, baby jesus uh, uh it was hard with the rocks, you know. I've been stoned. (laughs) Um, So that's how that happened. And what I was saying to you was, like, so at the Hall of Fame uh, induction in the the amphitheater, uh, that's why he came to me and said, tell me you'll go for it. So, you know, good call. The same with, hey, pipes, come on down to the ring. Because, you know, yeah, more balls and brains. And uh, So then, okay, and there's McMahon. You know, who I just had a wonderful conversation with uh, about two weeks ago, so you know, I'm, you know, I've been fired once since then, but, uh, he's on the cans and it's all ad lib, and so when I come out, Flair had done this introduction, and, uh, you almost had to speak in code because kind of people kind of caught on what was going on, and finally I said, uh, oh geez, something like, uh, um something. They just let me back into Denny's, <laughs> you know, in other words, they just got, you know, I'm back, and yeah, I like the patty melt. <laughs> that was <laughs> the opening of my <laughs> adoption speech, and it was like, you know, I was trying to say, "Hey, I'm back, you know, at the same time, you know, I'm not trying to shove it up your ass again, Vince, I just like the patty melt, and Flair starts laughing, and then the whole amphitheater it was like it was like a really cool undercurrent, and uh it was a it was an honor. You know what else happened here? Is when they live. It premiered right here. I forgot about in it in Universal, Universal Theater. Right here. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Let's get into that. We're taking. A break. Okay.
1: Guys, it. we're going
4: to start answering uh, Twitter questions. Just hashtag seventy five. We got. We got a lot coming up.
1: All right, man. Five. <laughs> we'll be right
4: back.
0: You're listening to the Toad Hop Network Radio, worth watching. If you missed laughing It Off with Craig Shoemaker. I don't know that there's any way a straight person can
2: even wrap their head around the idea of having to hide every sexual reflex you have your whole life. Mm. And, and and at the point where you can finally let it out, it's not going to, you know, it's, it's kind of like a beach ball being held underwater. Mm. You know, when you let go of that thing, it doesn't just slowly rise to the surface in a, in a
0: measured way. It explodes out of the water and everyone gets wet. Wrap It Off with Greg Shoemaker, Mondays at noon Pacific, only on the Toetop Network, radio worth watching. Listening to the Toad Hop Network Radio, worth watching.
1: Uh, Steve and I swapped. In. I love, love Rod Potts. Welcome, <laughs> back. <laughs> Welcome uh, back. Yeah, yeah we, were just, we were just we were just kind of hissing and pissing around here, <laughs> and uh, I want to go to the phone, but I under, I see a name on there. Now I am not a technician, okay, <laughs> but. I'm going to give it a try if I push this button on the phone. Hello?
3: Hello, Roger. I think you pushed the wrong button.
1: <laughs> ah, turn, would you turn my cans up a little bit? Hacksaw, Jim Dogg. Oh, I think I can. Hello. First of all, um, thank you so much for calling in. Um, you know, Hacksaw is one of those. Are you talking, Hacksaw? Oh,
3: no, excuse me, I was...
1: I was, I was <laughs> you were thinking? You know what we told I you about that. <laughs> I said to the Hacksaw one time. I'm I'm in getting ready, and I'm getting ready to go out. And uh, as I'm getting ready to go out, all of a sudden, Hacksaw, you know, at the time, about 275. He's naked, and he's coming from the shower. He's got soap all over him. And he comes in front of everybody, and he grabs me and hugs me and goes, Soap Monster! And then pushes my ass out (laughs) to the people. I got soap (laughs) shots falling all over me. I love you. I said to Hacksaw one time, I said... A, a, a b b f f whatever that means uh <laughs> it's got two f's in it might not be good i, I says did you order your food Axel says no i asked it nicely <laughs> what does that mean uh, what does that yeah. mean i got my food much sooner too though
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it tasted better also
1: <laughs> uh, that was a shot that was a shot there how you doing pal yeah. But brother, you know, I was out here, I was holding, doing the deal, oh, 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 oh. And a little chick come up, she goes, "Hey, brother, 200 bucks. And I said, well, I'm a friend of Piper's. And she goes, I'll give you 100. I'm like, oh, it's smoke <laughs> Okay. Okay, is that why, is why you called? <laughs> Thank you very much. Is that why you called me? <laughs> no, 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 well,
3: I, I just... Actually, I called to say hello.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I... But no, just one thing, Piper. Just one thing. What's that? Why did you paint yourself half black and half white, tough guy? Oh, Um, hello? He hung up. You asshole. (laughs) (laughs) He hung up on me. (laughs) He half black, half, half white? white. Well, oh. Holy cow, it's getting hot. Uh, what match was that for? Oh, thank you, thank you. I was trying to change the subject there. I appreciate <laughs> oh, that a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, listen, by the way, Hacksaw. I want to thank Hacksaw for calling. I, I did a match one time in uh, the Sky Dome, and I got a lot of trouble for it. But it was against a guy named Bad News Brown. And Bad News Brown was like a really exceptional judo player, and he was in the Olympics. So he was the real deal. He's the real deal. And like I'm, I think it was in, the fight. It was in the Sky Dome. But when they, I was walking down the hallway in, the, I think in the Hoosier Dome, and Vince McMahon says, Hi Rod, I need to talk to you." Mm-hmm. And I walk in the room, and there's Bad News Brown, Vince, and Pat Patterson, mm-hmm. and I could feel the air. You could cut with a knife, and I sit down and. Vince says, I want you to wrestle Bad News Brown next WrestleMania. In about seven seconds, I just, I'm just i looking at Bad News, and I said, I'm going to paint myself half black. And, okay, all right. All right, hang on. And Vince said to me, I love you. <laughs> yeah, and that was it.
5: In the room. You guys were all in the same room.
1: Yeah, he, like he said, I want you to fight this guy uh, oh. the next WrestleMania. And this is what was going through my head. Now. Okay. Is I'm looking at bad news Brown, and it had you know what, people accuse me of being a racist, and I, it's so far from... I was born in Saskatoon, it's a hundred below. There are no black folks stupid enough to go <laughs> up there and live. All right, get that correct. So, I'm looking at bad news Brown was a great judo player, but he um, he wasn't a real pizzazzy pro wrestler. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to have to do like 40 promos about this guy. And I, it, just like, it was like Tourette's, you know? Uh, Half black. Oh. Go. <laughs>
3: okay.
2: Black. I think that, as crazy as this sounds, sort of gets to the genius of why you're a legend in this business. Because there are guys that are amazingly skilled athletes yeah. that are the real deal like this guy. Yes. But yeah. the business is also selling tickets and marketing. Without a doubt. And you're sort of one of those guys that saw evolve from sports to sports sports entertainment. entertainment. And I think that's why you're held in such high regard between all
1: all generations of wrestling fans. I love you too. But it got so what McMahon did. That's what I. okay. Okay. McMahon had. (laughs) It just gets worse. Okay, McMahon had this special black paint made. So when I got in the ring and I was going to sweat, it wouldn't come off. Okay. All right. So, and Bad News Brown isn't real happy with me now. In the in the interviews, I would turn one way and I'd be black, and I would pretend to be Bad News Brown, <laughs> and then I'd turn the other way and I'd be white, and I'd pretend to be me. But also in the, the interviews, I'll tell you when this was. Cyndi Lauper had a song out called "True Colors." Yes. And Nelson Mandela had just got out of prison, and I'm a huge Nelson Mandela fan. One of the things Nelson Mandela said. It, when he was in jail, every day when they came, the guards came and got him, he said, I was the first man to uh, lend my hand, to shake it, and say thank you. Every day, Nelson Mandela. And that impressed the shit out of me. So I actually did one interview where I sang True Colors with my fist up and Nelson Mandela. I was coming from a, a pure place. Mm-hmm. But the bad news, Brown didn't see it. So now they're coming in the Sky Dome and they got a special... Ring to drive me to the ring. So, I, you know, I'm half black. Everything, because of my sense of humor, is half black. Okay. <laughs> Actually, some things grew as I like, went well, well, well. along. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Edit. Um, and, uh, so I come down in the match, as, when I came down, I was like, moving my arm, like, from my, from my crotch into the air, and, I got much the same reaction as I'm getting now. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he doing? my life? I was trying to dance like Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, Because wow. the half black wasn't getting over. <laughs> and, uh, so I, here's the thing. I have the match, and I come back, and I, and I sit down, and the special, because it was a special paint, it had a special clear solution to get the special paint off. So the, the lady that painted me. <laughs> Painting can be a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, the lady that painted me, she's got the special solution, and she starts on my cheek, and like five minutes later, my cheek's bleeding, but the black ain't coming off. Oh, God. Andre the Giant and Arnie Skolan. Arnie Skolan used to carry the money every place. I loved Johnny. They poured the solution out. And poured water. Oh, okay. Uh, my producer, yeah. Yeah, I love you too. Poured water in it. Now, I'm in Toronto, Canada. I'm half black and half white, and there's nothing I can do about it. Oh, God. So I went out drinking. and I there's a solution (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) who want shots (laughs) now now, this is what sucks is uh, the next morning there's some things I don't really remember Um, the next morning when I woke up I had all my clothes on on the bed and my hotel room door was gone and there was a cowboy hat in the middle of the floor. I, I, <laughs> I really don't know what happened with that one. But and I had a four-foot Mickey Mouse doll that I was bringing to my daughter. But when I got up and looked in the mirror, I'm still half black. Oh. And I got to go from Toronto, Canada, through Customs in Chicago, oh. to Portland, Oregon. And I'm half black. With a cowboy hat on, about 245 pounds sn- sn- pounds, just edit, and a four-foot Mickey Mouse under my right arm and a Halliburton in my left hand. And I got to tell you folks, even customs, they just want you to get the fuck out of there.
3: <laughs> Go ahead
1: You're out, and I was all the way. When I went to that Chicago airport. Holy shit, man! I don't, I don't know how to explain it. You know, it was like they wanted to kill me, but uh it's bad to kill a crazy man. It's like you won't go to heaven or something. And uh, I walked through there, and then when I got on the second flight, the leg from Chicago, the stewardess, I don't know why was didn't like me, and had why something to do. Well, she was from Chicago, <laughs> and so she said, "The four foot Mickey Mouse, check it." fuck you and I bought it a first class seat because it was for my daughter and me and Mickey we drank all the way to Portland, Oregon (laughs) and it took me three weeks To get that shit off, I had to go in the sauna and scrape it and scrape it. What am I going to do? Beat the shit out of Andre? (laughs) And that's... Thank you, Duggan, for that. I hope you'll (laughs) fucking call in. Let me call in on your show. USA. (laughs) USA. 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 (laughs) Holy cow. I honestly think we could
2: spend an hour dissecting all the information. I don't want to bore people, but I'm still fascinated with how (sighs) you come up with an angle for a match. How you promote it, how you think it's going to sell tickets, and then the ramifications of all those decisions.
1: All some it bad sounds decisions. like you're like,
2: really? Am I but really going into the ring half black? Now you're trying to you know, dance, and then yeah. that's just the
1: beginning of the nightmare. That's
3: and then you can't
6: <laughs> get
1: it off. Obviously, white men can't dance because <laughs> it was the, my my right side was white, and I was right arm in it. You know, I should have left arm, and I would have been a dancing fool. Ju- and
2: you're just like, I'm just trying to sell tickets. That's I just all. get People involved. That's yeah. feed my family. And, then you mentioned one point, and I don't know if this was significant. Okay. First off, we all know who Andre the Giant is, right? Uh, he, yeah. you, you don't want to fight that guy. Truth but I you did. just mentioned Arnie Scone, who I remember as a child, I believe, as a manager. But you made one key point in that story. You said he's the guy that held the money. So I'm assuming ooh, ooh, in yeah. your world you have to be a pretty serious guy to be yeah. in charge of the money. So even, <coughs> I don't know how you found out they were the ones that dumped Oh, well, uh, you know,
1: yeah, through the underground jungle beach. Okay. You know.
2: Well, then what are you going to do when you have a giant and the guy that's handling the money? Let Thanks. me... <laughs> Good guys. <laughs> right. hey, let me tell you... It
6: only no, took a month to get off. A we I
1: don't Arnie Scholden, let me tell you a quick story he told me. He, says, he was in the Second World War. He says, yeah, I come up, you know, and they're all in a dugout. It's them or me, so I got it done. End of story. So Arnie used to have little cigars... And in the briefcase, he would have all the cash money over the weekends and take it to the bank. And nobody ever messed with Arnie. (laughs) Never lost a dime. And nobody ever bothered Arnie. Gotcha. Because it was important that the money get to the bank.
3: Wow. I'm and sweating like a bad
1: case. <laughs> Damn! So that's a wrap on this fucking show. <laughs> hey, you, you want to
5: take a Twitter question?
1: I love to. I All love right,
4: Vento three sixteen says, "Who would you put in the WWE Hall of Fame?"
1: Holy cow! Who would I put in the WWE Hall? You know who I think deserves to be there is Cindy Lauper. Mm. Um, back the the what really started WrestleMania. Was uh, a match called the War to Settle the Score, and it was like I, I got to explain this. I guess uh, I just kind of cram it in here. I was wrestling Hogan and Cindy Lauper. She got the Female Vocalist of the Year that that year, and she went to present a big platinum record to Captain Lou Albano. And I took it and I hit Captain over the head with it. <laughs> you know, that's fair game. Oh you know, damn it! But during the match. Mr. T who who's there gets all excited and jumps up on the ring and you know, so I hit him. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Was that uh this is war to settle the score. I remember that. Was
2: did you did you knew he was getting in the ring or was that No, something?
1: no, 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 no. Mr. T's not that bright. <laughs> uh <laughs> no, he got all excited and and what happened as you'll see in a second is like Mr. T got up and and so I hit him and then there was just like, I just saw like blonde and orange hair. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I again, we're back to riots. I've just been in so many of them. I just turned and kicked. I oh, don't know. Cindy Lauper. Oh, my <laughs> oh and then I looked, oh. and there was a New York City policeman in uniform with a gun who just jumped in the ring, and then he was like a deer in the headlights going, what did I do? <laughs> and all his buddies are going to back his play. Oh yeah, baby Jesus! Here they come. And for like weeks, people would come up next to my car, playing. Girls just want to have fun. Every in the restaurants, I had to clear out the back so I could get my family in there. And then when Cindy Lauper won her award on the, is it Emmys or Grammys? Grammys. The last thing she said is. Roddy Piper, you're going to get yours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I got, listen, I got Dr. Ruth Westheimer doing press. Like, Don't pay any attention to him. He just wears a kilt to get attention. Geraldine Ferrara, who was running for the vice president of the United States. Roddy Piper, you're not fit to wear a dress. <laughs> I kid you not. Um, Rod Stewart, Twisted Sister. Oh, the whole MTV crew. Rock and right. Exactly. That. And uh I you know, being not so bright, uh MTV music to vomit by uh, is what I dubbed it. And uh I can't remember what the question was, but that's how the how we got the Hall of Fame. Hall of oh Hall fame. of Fame, Cindy thank Lopper. you my what would I do without my producer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the whole rock and wrestling connection and the cartoon came out and that was all Cindy Lopper's notoriety. I mean wrestling was bubbling and Ready to explode, but it was that outside. And I had Cindy in a Piper's Pit. And, and when I kicked her, like, holy cow, man. I, I mean, they hate, I mean, I don't know how to explain hate, but I, I know what it feels like. Where'd you kick uh, her at? It- right in the head. <laughs> 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 you know, you're going to kick her. Let's get her on there, baby. And, uh, yeah. And then that, then we came back in the tag match. With the, uh, yeah, on Orndorf. and I, I refused to lay my shoulders down for anybody for like seventeen and a half years, and um, I tell you, it was like there was a little antsy out there. Every celebrity that you ever thought in the garden was there, like Billy Martin, Dick Clark. I looked at Dick Clark; he had a microphone in his hand. I was in the ring. And I I guess I swirled fast. And he looked at me and says, don't hurt me. And he dropped the microphone and ran back to the dressing room. (laughs) I'm not going to hurt you. But the people that are watching, like like I had threatened Dick Clark. And then there's Cindy. And then there's the cops. And then the cops are trying to hold me back. And then I'm going, well, you know what? Fuck you, too. And I'm coming trying to get back in the ring. Then Orndorff comes, Paul Orndorff, which is like man of war. It's another whole piece of work right there. Orndorff for fun goes with a bow and arrow and shoots hogs. <laughs> Razorback <laughs> hogs. Just for kicks, okay? Wow. And this is the guy that's my tag partner and Bobby Orton, Ace, who's the only man that had a broken arm for two years. <laughs> I love you, Bobby. <laughs> and we would not people silly with that cast. Um, oh, man, it was just... It was different back then. It was fastest gun and, you know, when you kick... A, I mean, to kick Cindy Lawford and paint yourself half black and these, uh, well, I'm out of order here. I'm just saying that, um, I, uh, you know, whoosh. And I just saw Cindy like two weeks ago or three weeks ago on Raw. And they brought me in and, uh, I hadn't spoken with her since. And she was really nice. I, I really, I really love her as an artist and she was real nice as a lady. But then they did this thing where, I gave Cindy a record, you know, and I guess kind of apologizing. And I said to them in the afternoon, don't you leave me out there after I'm finished with this thing for 45 seconds of dead time. Go to commercial. Sure as shit. You know, 15 seconds, I'm still out there. 30 seconds, I'm still out there, which is like a lifetime. And Wendy Richter starts to put a boa, not the snake, the fuzzy thing, around my neck, you know, and I'm going... Well, there goes 40 years right out the. <laughs> and I come back and I got a standing ovation. And I've never looked at it. Uh, mm-hmm. The piece of work, I didn't think. Um, I was really happy that Cyndi Lauper uh, got some dude in that. Day. It wasn't a Piper's bit. It was just and
2: me was, doing it. Was she a big fan prior to that? Is that what? M- you
1: know, she, she was a it? fan of Captain Lou. Mm-hmm. And her manager, Dave Wolf, was a big wrestling fan. Okay, and he he at the time uh, had her cross over in the wrestling business, but you know I I think that Cindy and I really love her. I really love her. Honest, if I had known it was Cindy Lauper, I mean she's a like what's the so old line? Uh, I got to kick a girl that just wants to have fun. You know, <laughs> smart. Um, she brought a lot uh, to the point where I think that she at one time kind of think it damaged her career. Because there was a young up and comer at the time named Madonna. Yeah. And Cindy was a hot. And, um, you know, there was that kind of, uh, whoosh, how do you say that? That intensity back and forth. It was really intense back then. I mean, everybody, I, when I, in WrestleMania 1, I, I, I did a thing where I had to split the post and I come down, or, how do you say that in English? Um,. I'm in in the garden. There's the ring, and uh, I got thrown into the turnbuckle, and I went underneath the turnbuckle onto the floor, and so I'm at the post, and I'm looking towards the ring. To my right is Hogan on the floor, coming my way. To my left is Muhammad Ali, wow, coming my way, <laughs> and now I had thrown Muhammad Ali about ten years before that. I hip tossed him when he was going to fight Antonio Inoki. And I had to make a life-altering choice right there. Am I going to go for Ali, who was kind of over his prime, or Hogan in his prime? I'll take Hogan in his prime. <laughs> I swear to God, you can watch it. Uh, because I, uh, uh, and if you watch a match, like I felt like punches going, because I told Muhammad Ali, Uh, in the press conference, I said, last time I saw you, I threw you on your bum. And it's a true story. Uh, Wait, how did that go down? Holy shit, it's getting hot in here. (laughs) Uh, um, Seriously? Yeah, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Greatest fighter of all time. Arguably
2: the greatest boxer
1: ever. Uh, You know what? I'll tell you how great a man he was. It was in the Olympic Auditorium on Grand Avenue in downtown Los Angeles. And the guy that taught me a lot was a guy named Judo Jean LaBelle. Toughest man in the world. Not Absolutely. according to him. He trained Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris. I don't know. He's probably given away like 24 black belts. He's 79. He still trains every Monday down at the dojo. Whoosh. They call him the, uh, the, the godfather of he's MMA. Right? Godfather he's godfather of MMA. Three fingered lock. Uh, you know, I've, he's been choking me out since I've been 17. And he was the referee. When Muhammad Ali took on Antonio Inoki, and I'm like that's another story. But let me just stick with this one okay. for a second. So we're so in so it. We're so uh, okay. <laughs> I had been wrestling Chavo Guerrero, and loser uh, gets his head shaved. Okay. So the first time I wrestled him, I lost and got my head shaved. So hell, I just wrestled the whole family and got my head shaved like five nights in a row. I had nothing to lose. Uh-huh. So now I'm in the. I'm in the. I'm on the card. For the Ali Anoki fight. And I think it was the Wide World of Sports. I'm not A lot of press there. And they said, like, they brought the microphone to me and said, Hi, what's your name? My name's Rod. Goodbye. <laughs> that was it. So I went down and sat down in my seat in the Olympic Auditorium by ringside. I had my best three piece corduroy suit on. <laughs> I was like, what, what year was <laughs> <this>? Oh, shoot. 75 <laughs> ish. Okay. And So I'm sitting down there, and Ali gets to the ring, and this is what a great man he is, man. All of a sudden, he points, I want you. And I look behind me because there has to be somebody behind me that he wants, and there is nobody. Oh, no. It's me he's pointing at. Ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I want you. Okie dokie. And wow. I got into the ring. Now nobody—I got beat up for a month after this by Judo Jimabelle uh-huh. every day. Nobody believes me. Muhammad Ali came over and locked up with me, and I—you know when you say swear to God, you got to be right on. I swear to God, I believe this. He whispered in my ear, hip toss me, Whoa. and boom—you know—he didn't have to tell me twice. I'm like, you got it, baby. And his shoe come off, and all of a sudden, all these Muslims. With big, heavy artillery under their jackets come storming the rain. And Judo Jean looks over at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I don't know. He God. told me. Like, no one believes that. What Like, what? And he beat, but uh-huh. here's the bottom line. Muhammad Ali was such a great man. Mm-hmm. He just saw, uh, I don't even know if I was 20 years old. He just saw uh, some stupid shaved head, white. You know the sun hadn 't hit the head yet in an unorthodox suit kid that just needed a break wow, and while all this was going on, he just gave me a little push and went right back and did his business wow and, and that 's the truth. I swear to you, he whispered it to me, so like whatever ten fourteen years later, whatever wrestle you know whatever the math is uh He's at the press conference, and yeah, can't shut your mouth, you know. Last time I saw you, I threw you on your bum. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> now I split the post, and there's Hogan, and I took Hogan, and I, I'm talking too much. we got to roll my producer's hand. <laughs> i got to of on a quick break. All <laughs> wow. right, Twitters, holy cow. <laughs> You're listening to the Toad Hop
0: Network, radio worth watching.
7: I think that's uh, perfect the way you do it. Those that. were teams in Southern California, but scorebig.com is everywhere. Everywhere. I just had a, I, got a Global. I got a tweet from a guy saying he's got his giants tickets and he saved 30%. Awesome. Thanks, scorebig.com. And that's what we're talking about. Uh, not just nosebleed seats, everything from the floor to the rafters. And again, no service or shipping fees ever. Your offer at scorebig.com is what you pay. Always listen to retail, never any fees, scorebig.com. Then type in Heidi and Frank to get the, the, the passcode. Skip the line. Yeah. Start shopping right away. Vi- get your tickets today. VIP treatment. Don't here. wait. <laughs> type in Heidi and Frank. Do it right now. What are you still sitting here for? S C O R E B I G dot com. Proof why I was never a cheerleader. I can't spell. There's more proof than that.
0: Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. Toadhopnetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching.
1: How Bocifus. Old school, new rules. New rules. Mm, there are no rules. <laughs> That's how Piper's Pit was made. You know, the great thing about Piper's Pit was. I had no rules. I could do anything I wanted to. But I had the consequences, I guess. That was sucked. It's but, amazing uh, that McMahon trusted you like that. You know. Yeah, he doesn't anymore. <laughs> you, know what you know what they got coming up? The thousandth episode of Raw. I think it's July wow. 23rd. They just called me and asked me to come. And I didn't think they were going to. Um, but I think it's in St. Louis. It's the L- Raw is the longest consecutive running show in history of anything. Right. Without, wow. I feel like I've been on every damn one of them, too. <laughs> I'm all broke up. I feel like I've seen them all. In what year did Ross start? Um, you know, I think, hey, Ross started approximately when that, what people refer to as the WCW, WWE wars. Mm-hmm. And, um, the way Raw started—it's actually quite interesting. I, is my ADD kicking in again? <laughs> there was one thing I wanted to tell we'll, you. about. we'll bring Ali. it back
4: to to, to Mohammed.
1: Okay, all right, and then we'll yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, but remind me because it's really Tony uh, Hinchcliffe, one of the one of the guys from the comedy store that's you watch for the next twenty years. He's going to entertain you. Uh,
5: Tony, what's your Twitter so people can follow you? At Tony Hinchcliffe. Steve Simone, what's your Twitter? Uh, uh, I, I guess that's
2: Steve's.
3: I don't even know. <laughs> My website's
5: him. awesome steve.com Steve. Guys, we have, new, uh, yeah, we
4: have a new we have a new Twitter page great. just for this show. At, uh, Rod Pod Show. Follow at, at Rod, Rod, Rod Pod. Pod
1: Show. At Rod Pod Show. How cool is that? I got uh, now. I don't have to. I'm so lame with twittering. Uh, <laughs> I'm a two-finger guy, you know.
4: And we'll be taking a bunch <laughs> of questions, uh, a bunch of phone calls starting next week. Okay. Well, I,
1: I don't I don't want to take another phone call. might be fucking hacksaw again. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm going to get out of here. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get a better
6: screener.
3: <laughs> better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, hey, Muhammad Ali, let me just, one thing. Well, many, but uh, when Muhammad Ali uh, uh, was going against Antonio Noki, Muhammad Ali was not going to come to the ring. He says, I'm not going in there. And Judo Jean was the referee. And he's saying, hey, man, what are you talking about? Because, you know, it's not a fair competition. If you put boxing gloves on a man Mm -hmm. and you allow the other man to wrestle... Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's, it's dumbass. Right. And Muhammad Ali is not a dumbass, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Right. And I got a lot of respect. See, that proves there ain't no racism in me. I love the guy. Yeah. All right, I got want to make that clear, you know, because I, I, I hate that kind of shit. I hate bullies. I hate, I hate all that kind of crap. I hate people that hit women. Fucking hate you like that. Um, so Muhammad Ali wasn't going to come to the ring because he he was smart. So, Judo Jean, God bless Judo Jean LaBelle, he saved the event. This is what he got done. Antonio Inoki could not stand up. Antonio Inoki had to be on his back through the fight. And if Antonio Inoki could get Ali off his feet, then Inoki could use wrestling. So, when you watch, now we're talking like 15 minutes before these guys are going to go on. And Judo Gene figured this out. And you watch the fight. And Inoki's on his back. And I'm telling you, I don't know how Ali did it. Did it? He's kicking him. I mean, hard. For the whole time. Kicking him. And one time, uh, Ali slipped and almost went down. And you could see Inoki was all over him. And Inoki has this huge jaw. And, uh, it was like, we used to say, you jaw like a pelican, his beak can hold more than his belly can. And, <laughs> you know, anyway, you know, it's one other pro, cause I fought him many times too. But, and what, in training, what Anoki did was he, he laid on his back and had the young wrestlers there stomp his jaw to what? toughen up his, yes, to toughen up his jaw so Ali couldn't knock him out I, I don't know if it works I don't know, I never heard anybody else doing it, but I know for a fact that Um, Anoki did it and so Judo Jean got uh, Ali to come in the ring uh with Anoki under the understanding that Anoki would stay on his back and so Anoki kept kicking that left leg Ali, and that left leg was black and blue bad, bad and uh and anyway, that's, that's how that fight came about. Otherwise, Ali wasn't going to get in the ring. It was a real tense night. They don't like us. I got kicked out of Japan for life. And, uh. What? You're banned from Japan? Yeah, for life. Like, I, in, I don't know, like, 79, 80. I still, you know, like, they must be really mad, too, because, like, I, I just, it was part of getting blackballed. I had Santa Domingo, I went to Japan, and, you know, and then I, they wouldn't let me go, and so I got kicked out for life, and I I'd never been back.
4: Flair mentioned that in uh, oh, in, well, thank in you. The induction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I lost his producer. <laughs> that I lost it. His... Well, I... you know what they get to me though, is they wanted me to be the first. Okay, let me. Show... The system was like this. There, it was all Japan pro wrestling, and it was a guy named Giant Baba, uh-huh. who was Japanese. Uh, form of Andre the Giant. He wasn't anything close to Andre, but he was a big boy. Ate garlic on the train right from the jar. He stunk. Get out of here. Oh, I had to wrestle him a lot. He just I? did that because he liked the taste of he it. He just loved the taste. Good gold figure, right? That's- <laughs> He's just pulling <laughs> garlic out of the jar on that train, the bullet. Okay. Okay, so that's how we got around on the bullet. And, uh, so, At that time, Antonio Inoki was just like right under Giant Baba. And then Antonio Inoki broke off, and that became New Japan Wrestling, and that was the first two leagues that was in Japan. When Antonio Inoki broke off, because um, I was on the same card as the Ali fight, uh, they wanted me to come in, but I was really young. I don't know how old I was. Uh, I'm not sure. Early 20s, maybe late teens. Not sure. Uh, anyway, and they wanted me in Japan as a, and go through the system as a young boy. And what those guys got to do, like the same with the sumo, they got to cook the meals. You get up in the morning, a thousand pushups, a thousand squats, a thousand setups. Then you got to cook the meals. You got to do all the guys' laundry in the shower. You got to wash their back. All right, everybody, out of the fucking pool. I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> now, when you, there's three rules as a professional fighter that you have. First, I won't leave home until I got a round-trip ticket. Second, never surrender your passport. Third, cash before I get in the ring, and you put it in your boot, and then you put your boots on. Hopefully, you're really high, too, <laughs> in height, because it's a lot of cash. <laughs> so, uh, they, but I didn't learn this till after Japan, and they took my passport, and they wouldn't give it back. And now, in the morning, I'm going, I'm doing like a thousand bullshit. And I got a guy with one of those kindo sticks, a Jap, uh, an oriental gentleman, uh, hitting Asian me and pinching gentleman. me, yeah, uh, with his stick. And they won't let me out. And I'm really miserable. And there's, there's like machines right on the street in Japan that where you buy a Coke, like a vending machine, but you buy curine beer or some pour beer. Whatever, so I went out and I was drinking, and I walked by this taxi cab, and the driver had got out, and it was on. And so I got in that, that cab, and I popped it down, and I hit it as hard as I could. And, doggone it, man, I drove right into a Korean barbecue restaurant. The whole car. In a Wait. stranded
5: Japanese taxi cab?
1: Yeah. Wait, so. Yeah, well, I know. You You're, you're kind of having a bad day. I was having a bad day, so and I was getting Kindle whipped. I started, you know, the Kindle stick, the thousands. They really
2: would, you'd do a thousand push-ups. A
1: thousand push-ups, a thousand, a thousand squats, a thousand sit-ups first thing in the morning. And then get hit. Yeah, like state. as if you weren't keeping up the, the, with the Kindle stick or to give you encouragement, they're really brutal over there. They like that kind of shit. And I, I was getting really, really hot, but there was a lot of them. <laughs> and there was the white kid, <laughs> and... uh it just got to the point where I I I can't get out of the country and I just got really pissed off but when I hit the I didn't plan how to get out of the country I uh-huh. was just having problems and I hit the gas I just underestimated the car and you know the the Korean barbecue restaurants over there everybody sits around a a hot plate and they you drink and you know cook there's their little chickens and beef and put it on their little rice and eat it and wow comes a yellow cab. Right? So if you're ever in Japan, I can get you a ride to a Korean barbecue I own over there and a lovely taxi <laughs> cab and I, they kick me out of the country for life.
2: Do they send you like an update every year? Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're still not allowed to back?
1: Well, well i tell you <laughs> like, How
3: does that work? How do you
2: know? How do you know they just uh, forget or whatever?
1: Well, because Anoki uh, um, the last time I saw Anoki was, oh, I inducted Wendy Richter in the Hall of Fame. And uh, Antonio Nuki was there. I think he got inducted that same. And he still wouldn't speak to me. Wow. I must have wrestled him, like, 30 times, too. And not that he wouldn't, you know. No, he didn't speak to me. <laughs> wow. Not at all. And, you know, I went over and said hi, you know. What do you, would, you like think would come happened
2: home? if that match where you said... Uh uh Mr. Judo Jean Labelle made sure that the match was going to go on. him. That was like a pay-per-view event, right around around yes. the globe. That was a big deal. Huge boxer versus wrestler. Boxer versus wrestler. Yeah. To me, that sounds like you know that's the precursor to the UFC because in the UFC you have the grappling, you have the striking. What do you think would have happened if Ali took the gloves off and him and Anoki just went toe to toe?
1: Um, on I, I just my own personal opinion, yeah, just an opinion. Uh, unless Ali and he was pretty fast, could catch him, uh, I don't think Ali would stand a chance because Anoki would go low, leg dive him. Uh, Ali wasn't a kicker. Right, gotcha. you know, And he'd leg dive him. And once he got him on the mat, you know, uh, Anoki's it. good. Anoki. Yeah. He's a good hooker. He's a hooker is where MMA comes from. Do you know how pro wrestling started? No. Mm-mm. In America? It's kind of cool. Uh, during the Civil War... Uh, they would have these huge battles, and then long periods of time before another battle, and the troops were, like bored out of their minds. And so they'd do like like cockfighting. Um, I, I don't know, like cards, and one of the things they oh they'd put uh, lice on a plate and wait and see lice on one plate, lice on another plate. And the lice that got off the one plate, the other guy won. And there was one guy special, and he kept winning. They couldn't figure out how, but he heated the plate. <laughs> so <laughs> when he put the lice on that lice, but true story. Gas can burn. Civil War. I love it. Uh, my my great, great whatever, Robert Toombs, was Secretary of State to Jefferson Davis. Wow. He'd be on the losing side. So the guys, um, one of the things they did was they wrestled just to pass time. And wrestled and wrestled. Okay, now and they bet on him. Then the Civil War ends. Now the country's in chaos. But all of a sudden, Abraham Lincoln was a great wrestler, and he'd go and do a speech, and then he'd take on anybody that wanted to wrestle. (laughs) No,
5: Abraham Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln? Yeah,
1: this is a fact. Now, what happened was a couple of the guys that were you know that were really good at the wrestling would they call them hookers? The difference is. In amateur wrestling, you try to pin the shoulders. Uh, When you're hooking, they don't care about the shoulders, it's going against the joints. Uh. Okay, so, and that's why, henceforth, the hookers. Unless you're Jim Duggan, and then it's a lady in red. (laughs) However, ho! That was a shot. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) okay, so all these guys, like, nobody knew what to do, and the circus, used to come and just picture in your head little house on the prairie and okay so here comes the wagons of the circus and I I gotta kind of make it up because I'm not positive but Friday night and they the wagons would come through the little town and then park outside the town everybody would know the circus is there and come Saturday morning now they would have guys stand six and okay ah uh, jeez it's a different language. language. Um, they would have guys that were with the circus that nobody knew was with the circus. Like plants? Good. That's a good word for it. <laughs> like plants. Yeah, big fucking plants. <laughs> <laughs> big. Tough player. Wouldn't <laughs> people know that, like, that giant know, guy over there we've never <laughs> seen before? You know? Maybe he's in the circus. Well, but no, but like <laughs>
2: Jackie, Jackie Gleason and yeah, Smokey the Bear circus. They, they took a lot of a
1: shrapnel back then, you know. <laughs> and but the the guy standing six would come to the bar, and they would figure out who the tough guy was in town. And they would, they're really slick, they talk carny, which is a different language. Uh, Kay Fabian is a carny word. Uh, hey, Rube. If you hear Hey, Rube, get out. <laughs> so, uh, that's another song. Um, so, they would find out who the tough guy was, get everybody drinking and saying, Hey, the wrestlers in a carnival, if you can beat him, I- I'll make it up. You get 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would stoke the guy up and get him drunk. Well, by the time the next morning came, he was the tough guy in town was so centered out and the whole town behind him, right? So everybody comes to the carnival in the afternoon. And I, I got to make it up. I don't know. Paid a penny to get in the tent. Okay. So here comes the boy and you got the, the pro wrestler. What he'd do is he would start wrestling this guy, but he would hook him. So you guys know what hooking is now it's against the joints submission submission, there you go, right, but he wouldn't toe. pin his shoulders now there's this one hold called a sugar hold, I and it done. goes in between your your arms and your neck, and it makes you bleed from the ears, the eyes and the nose and the mouth because the pressure that's put on the blood's got to go someplace and they would that was one of their favorite holds, and they'd put the sugar hold on him, and the guy'd be screaming because they slapped the ribs. Uh, Stu Hart, they have a 15-minute take dungeon. from the dungeon, yeah, yeah, of Stu stretching a guy. It's brutal. The guy's yeah. screaming for his mother.
5: I've heard that before. It's so
1: scary. It's, it's brutal. Yeah. So they've got now the crowd, they're slapping and making this guy squeal like a pig. The, toughest guy, the toughest guy in town. The toughest guy in town. And there's all his people. And they would bring it to the point, there's a thing called red heat and white heat. You don't want to go white heat. But they get red heat. I'll explain that another time. <laughs> And as it was going on, all of a sudden, every time somebody from the crowd would jump up and say, I'll take you on, and the promoter would come out, whoa, whoa, and then let go of this guy, who was all beat up, bleeding, Ugh. and say, my boy just fought. But you think you're tough? You come back tonight, and my boy will fight you. And everybody would come back and pay a penny again. But that guy was part of the carnival. Gotcha. He was the plan. And then those guys would have what they call a um, uh, um uh, rough work, Um which means they're hitting hard, but they're kind of taking care of each other. Gotcha. And that's how pro wrestling started. Wow. That's kind of brutal. <laughs> so the
2: first oh, wrestling God. promo was beating up some <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. So was just <laughs> having a beer. <laughs> just, just having hard.
1: a beer. <laughs> We're <laughs> supposed to be plowing the fields, you know, and... Mucking the cow shit, whatever you're supposed to do, and uh, it works. Wow. It works, and that's that's how pro wrestling got started. And here ever, I am. <laughs> has
5: anybody ever used the sugar hold as a finishing move or anything like that?
1: No, because it's it's so lame. Every you know what? It's fun, funny, but the things that really hurt a lot look like shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: when you get hooked in the sugar hold. The arms uh, are the two arms are up and you're hooked behind your neck. The the deal is they put all their weight on you, mm. and the blood's got to go someplace in the head, and so it starts coming out the eyes. And uh-huh. Briscoe's did it in um, in Florida one time. They, they used to have wrestling schools, but the deal was this: it, it was it was bullshit. Is uh, they they say to the guy, okay, for give me a thousand dollars and we'll take you through camp you know and if you make it through camp we'll get you booked well the first day they beat him up so bad they'd never come back and they beat this one guy up so bad one time i don't know why i'm laughing but i guess i'm a product of my business uh so bad that he come walking out and people called the police or the ambulance they thought he got hit by a car wow he was so beat up and that was the way that that was the way that they kept everybody out of the business if you could hang through that then you might stand a chance in the business and they might start teaching you.
5: Do you know of anybody that went through that system, the Briscoe system? Who well, survived be, it?
1: more of the old. Yeah, Roddy Piper. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for four fucking years. Uh, I got the shit done my language. Excuse me. I, I really got beat up a lot.
5: So you went through a few different schools because you were part of Stu well, Hart's Dungeon, too. At one point. Yeah,
1: but I went to the Dungeon. I, I got into pro wrestling by accident. And, uh, and after I I got in, I just, there was some guy just didn't show up, uh, for Vern Gagne in Winnipeg. And I was living in a youth hostel there. And my coach, my amateur wrestling coach, when Vern Gagne would come to town, he was a professional referee. Mm -hmm. And he also trained, uh, trained amateur wrestlers at the YMCA. And somebody, I don't know if they missed a plane or what happened, but the guy says to me that I can get you 25 bucks. He says, you'll lose your amateur status, but I can get you 25 bucks if you fight this guy. And I'd never seen a pro match before, so I went to my pipe band. And when I was 14, I came fifth in the world in the CNE Garden, uh Garden with a band named Fay, Faye, uh, City of Toronto Men's Pipe Band, uh, playing the bagpipes. And I said to my pipe band, what's going on? They said, fuck, we'll play in. Oh, that's cool. So I had four, my first match. I'm 167 pounds. I'm 15 years old. You were 15. 15. My uh, My voice was like this, and my nuts hadn't dropped yet. (laughs) I get to the Winnipeg Arena, and uh, I've got four bagpipers all in full regalia, a bass drummer with a furry hat, boom, boom, and two snares. And me. You could, you could hardly see me. <laughs> the, do you remember Mr. Perfect?
5: Yeah. yeah it was
1: his cover. dad, Larry the Henning, 320-pound wow. Nordic Viking-looking guy. And, you know, he's looking all of a sudden. In those days, it was like, you know, like 300 people in the garage and dust on the floor and... Here's this guy walking in with four bagpipers and boom, 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 and band. And I get in the ring, and the announcer said as I come, and he goes, My first name is Roderick, short for Roderick is Roddy. And he didn't know who I was, but he knew Roddy, and he had to introduce me. So he says, Ladies and gentlemen, here comes Roddy the Piper because of the bagpipe. That's awesome. And that's how I got the name. Wow. And. It's the shortest match in the history of the Winnipeg Arena. Larry Henning beat me in 10 seconds. And, I, and that's with a you got, you know, like one, two, three. Right. So that's down to seven now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still hold that record. And then they just, they threw me in a van that night. Um, with like six wrestlers, uh, two of the lady wrestlers, uh, all as hairy as Larry, <laughs> including Mula. And, uh, mm-hmm. Brush snuck me over the border, and I, I worked a lot of territories like Kansas City, uh, uh, Kansas City, Amarillo, Dallas, Florida. Oh shoot, up to the Maritimes. Oh, you know, a, a lot of places, uh, and nobody knew I was I existed because I was an illegal. I was illegal in the United States, and I was um, expendable. So all the jobs, like um, when they had a riot, did have me. Uh, or rather, when they had a problem. They'd have me, after I wrestled, just put my street clothes on, Mad Dog Vachon, and I would just stand in the crowd. And Mad Dog would come and, boom, push someone towards me and say, hit him, cocksucker. Wow. And and I'd hit him. Or if there there was, you know what I had to do in Dallas? You ever heard of Von Erichs? Yeah. Fritz Von Erich and stuff? For Fritz Von Erich, I had to wrestle on the first match. I was a poom. Because on the card, it would have the main event uh, at the top. And at the bottom, it just said poom, P-O-O-M plus one other match. Oh, <laughs> that was wow. me and my job was <laughs> is is so bad. My job in the sports arena in uh, Dallas, Texas. I had to date the fire marshal's daughter so the fire marshal would allow more people in the building than was allowed for fritz and they could cram the building like wow. That was one of my jobs. There's a lot of jobs. Whew. And they beat the shit out of me for like 4 years. Until I got to Judah G. LaBelle. Wow. And he started, I guess he just felt sorry, because I kept the kilt, and I kept the bagpipes, and I know we got to go. Uh, but I'm going to be a monster killer soon. Yeah, monster killer. Yeah, that's a whole other piece of work. Uh, I'm going to make a comic book. Oh, cool. I'm going to make a we'll comic book. That. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. I'm a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're listening to the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching.
7: What's up, Toadheads? It's Frank Kramer, Heidi Hamilton. Hey, everybody. From the Heidi and Frank Show. Reminding you that if you have satellite radio, you can check us out every single Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on Extreme Talk Channel 165. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern? Uh, on the East Coast, yeah, on Extreme Talk XM 165. And if you don't have satellite radio, well, you're on the Toad Hop Network, so why not check out the Heidi and Frank Show? The backbone of the whole thing. 10 a.m. to noon every single week. The premium package. But you can listen for free every day, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Check us out, HeidiandFrank.com.
0: Listening to the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching.
3: Ooh. Heck yes.
0: Uh-huh. I love it.
1: Yes, sir. Oh, it's just getting better. I got I got three people from my adopted frat house, the Hells I call it the Hells Angels of Comedy Clubs, the comedy store on Sunset Boulevard. And I've got uh, Tony Hinkley with me, Steve Simone and now... My God. buddy, uh, God. God.
2: my buddy Steve easy from the store. We we're hanging out.
1: We want to come in
4: and just from the league. I, thank you for letting me sit in and, and <laughs> shoot the crap with you guys. <laughs>
1: letting you, Holy oh, I cow. appreciate it. It's an it. honor. It's an honor, man.
4: Well, thank you very you much.
1: Know, uh When are you shooting the league? Are you shooting now?
4: We start. We just shot some promos the last couple of days with some NFL players that are in town for the ESPY Awards. But then nice. we start shooting uh August thirteenth. We go back. To
5: work.
4: Season three, right? Four. Four. Wow. Four. Oh gosh. Season four. Yeah, it's great. Season four.
1: Cool, Get, that <laughs>
3: Get that money. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Get that money. Get that money. I can't not smile when I say season four. People are like, oh, what season? Oh, season four. Yeah,
0: yeah. they know a little bit. They get it. Yeah, they get it.
1: Five your goal. Oh, five is, you know, yeah. Five You is won't come on the show no more. I'll, <laughs> no. I'll be singing in the streets. In the street. will <laughs> be like
2: the uh, end of trading places. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear a
4: calypso drum in the back of I'll drink off the back of the yacht. You'll hear a helicopter. coming. <laughs> I mean, oh, Steve's here. What do you do to podcast? <laughs> ah,
1: this chopper just landed. Yeah, it'd be so cool. The way, you know, I don't p- think people know. How I got to the Comedy Store on Sunset Boulevard, and uh, oh, geez, looking at me like vultures <laughs> well, ready to tear me a new asshole. <laughs> was, um, my my pal Sal Kimmel, uh, the head writer for the Jimmy Kimmel Show, and and Jimmy and the, I was going to do a one man show on Broadway, which would be amazing. Which I, I'd love it to do, but so they said, well, put him in the Comedy Store <laughs> on Sunset. You know, he can practice at two o'clock in the morning, and yeah. Yeah, and and so, you know, I was there for a year and a half and and I learned how to play the piano.
4: (laughs) Is that really how you... Because
1: I see you in the main room playing the piano.
4: You started at the comedy store? I started at the comedy store. I'm waiting like I... You already got more out of the comedy
1: store in a year and a half than I did in 12 years. (laughs) 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 It's so fucking brutal. I'm up there. I don't have a clue. i got so much respect for you guys. And what you do is an unbelievable... art. Everybody thinks they can fucking... Be fun. And they're full of oh, shit. Oh, everybody tries, though. Yeah. No, I,
4: I will say this. Like, when you first started coming around... <laughs> You know, it, it was—it's wonderful to have someone that you admired as a kid there. But every—you know—we've we, had reality stars come in, we've had actors come in, we've had musicians come in, and everyone thinks they can do stand-up, and everyone tries it, and everybody shits to bed, and it's just like another person we have to deal with in our lives. <laughs> Thank so then you. we saw you I as—you I, I, know—there there were some reservations of like, oh, okay, but then you know, you, you just. Not not abrasive, not in people's faces, not trying too hard. Plus, you're Roddy fucking Piper, so... <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you going to say? Yeah. Also, but, you know... You know it was so it's not some quick. guy who's on the real world, and you know you can kick his ass <laughs> when he fucking gets out of line.
1: But, like, you know, because... All you guys who get at the back and help me, and you know, at least you'd laugh at these well, unfunny things no, I would say. That's what I
2: think this podcast is. It's like giving everybody out there listening a chance to hang out with us just in the back and tell, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. listen uh, to
1: you tell stories. Uh, I love I love the comedy store. Oh. I, I love you guys, all my heart. Well, we sure are glad that you came. Uh, I, mean, no, I saw one happened. time, you guys, there was some actor, I don't remember his name, Don Barris. And all Mr. you guys, Mr. Barris, yes, the mm. godfather of the comedy mm. star, and I love him. Uh, and he was being a wise ass, and Earl, and uh, I don't Big Earl Skakel. Yeah, Big Earl, and like all you guys, I could see the fangs come out, yeah. and the saliva drooling, and Earl was the first guy to say them. He was in some big movie or, or something, and Earl says, So what do residual checks look like from 91? And and that was the beginning of it. And you guys tore this guy an asshole for 20 minutes. Got him up on stage and he tried to Play the guitar and the guy that maybe it was you, Tony, turned the volume down on him yeah. and Don Barrett. But he was, and yeah. he was a, some real asshole.
5: Yeah. And uh, friend, the,
3: a, oh,
2: I don't know. I wasn't.
5: I can't remember the I just avoid. It was, yeah.
4: I know. It was that. That's guy. him. Yeah. No, yeah. He's yeah, it not, was. I don't know. I wasn't there. No, it was. Hall. It was a
1: guy, Anthony
4: Michael Hall right no. I think it,
1: yeah uh yes it, I, I think i'm not I'm pretty sure he's it been was. in there
4: before and he's okay. had great experiences and then he's been a d-bag okay well girl, this girl, night, girl. he got it. it
5: he got it really good, good. he's getting it from because he made don mad and if you get don Whoa. mad and don's against you then all of a sudden we all have permission to just <laughs> yeah, well, destroy girl. take a person's soul from them when they're just and there to do. support some <laughs> live comedy next thing you know they're their girlfriends are trying to leave them at the comedy club because they made themselves look like an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. That's you, what we did with you that You made
1: guy. him walk. He finally walked out, oh, oh, yeah. and I looked at his whole yeah for guess. that night. Yeah, I, hope for... Yeah. I hope he comes
4: back. he behaves better next time. You
1: know? It was uh, it was a good lesson in uh, you know shut your mouth. Yeah, he was uh, playing
5: tough guy. Yeah, I was in the movie Sixteen Candles. What the yeah, hell so have you it, done? so was my buddy,
4: <laughs> Court <laughs> I like him a lot better than you. <laughs>
5: It
1: uh, I love it. Uh, it's a great oh, yeah, hang over there. there.
4: I, I, I've been out, I've been in New York for a couple of months and I, I was there the last couple of days and I, I missed it, you know, just like, you know. It's, it's right. like a clubhouse. That's, it's really like a clubhouse. It's a
2: treehouse on some Yeah. Sunset. yeah. You and know? I
4: bet you there are dudes at the Laugh Factory and the Improv that are pissed at you. <laughs> you hang out a lot by us. Uh,
1: yeah. uh, oh, everybody's pissed at me, but I, I, you know, I take heat for a living. But, uh, going, you know, you know that you're, you're with the crew. I, one time, it's 4 a.m. in the morning, and uh, Mr. Varis and Tony and a couple of guys, the club's got the doors closed, and they're playing baseball in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, well. Hey, uh, and I'm still hanging. You know, and now what do you want to do, guys? Well, well what do you want <laughs> <Right>. to do? <laughs> Professional 12-year-olds. Yeah, uh, it it was, was, it's nice. great. I it used to great.
4: punch in to work there at the cover booth. I sold the tickets, and I was did did you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> so you came Somebody through the whole money. system
1: also? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got did there. Did you park cars? I park
4: cars, and... and and uh worked the I back door and, and sold tickets. But I would punch in for work and sell tickets, go to the booth, sell a couple tickets, and then immediately head out to throw the football around the parking lot, which I did I, I, for I, about eight I, I, hours until I had great. to close out the register. And so that was you, it. I was you, never there to answer the phones. or you know, <laughs> I was no. there to, to do comedy and hang out with my friends. That's and why you're successful. And, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you so. Know
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's it's a great place, and I love the fact that it was built by Bugsy Siegel in 1920s and was a gangster hangout. Not that yep. I know anything about that. I just figured that... Uh, <laughs> it is And really... Haunted. I take... Um, the last time, actually, was Hacksaw. Jim Duggan and his family, that and Steve cool. Samoan does the ghost tour for all... I brought... Who else... What other wrestler did I bring? Uh, um, Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. Oh, really? Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Can I just
2: tell that one story? We were doing a show... This is why, I like, Roddy's, like, the coolest. Right, right. Okay, so we're getting ready to do a show. when A couple of years ago, WrestleMania was in Phoenix. Sell out the improv the night before. I, first time I got to meet your son, Colt MMA fighter, Colt Toombs. Coolest yeah. kid ever. He's, like, Thank you. in Yeah, he's 20s. been to the store before. I've Thanks. seen him. Yeah, but amazing. he handles himself, like, way more mature than me. Right. Hello, how are you? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, let's have some laughs, right? <laughs> so I was all excited to meet your son. I'm like, I met Roddy's son. Now, uh we're in the back of the car and colt's like dad uncle bob wants to come by to the we'll have your uncle by come uncle bob come out to the show and i'm like that was in uh, atlanta no no it was the year before it okay. was in phoenix because this is what i remember and we're going this is so cool i get to meet roddy's son now i'm going to meet his brother and now i feel like i'm becoming a part of the family right so then like an hour goes by <laughs> we're getting ready for the show get a phone call uncle bob's on the list he's taken care of he's taking a car over i'm like oh this is cool we're backstage We're about to go on, knock on the door, Colt goes, Dad, Uncle Bob's here. And I'm like, oh, great, I'm going to go meet Uncle Bob. And he goes, we'll send your Uncle Bob in. And I'm like, I wonder what this guy's like, right? Door opens, I look up and I go,
3: Uncle Bob is Sergeant Slaughter!
2: It was like being four years old and meeting Santa. I didn't know what to do. I was just shaking my head to answers. Are you a wrestling
3: fan? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Uncle Bob Uncle Bob's so, so cool. Great. He's a tough he's a tough dude too. Yeah. You know Uncle Bob um beat when Uncle Bob beat the Iron Sheik, which is a whole other show, um, Whatever president was in, Uncle Bob had everybody in Madison Square Garden do the Pledge of Allegiance. He's met six presidents. Wow. And whatever, I don't remember which president was in, was watching and had whoever was in the room stand up and do the Pledge of Allegiance. With uh, as Uncle Bob was doing it in the garden after he beat the Iron Sheik, who had the, the Iran had the 444 hostages, and Uncle Bob beat the Iron Sheik in the garden, did the pledge, of, and whatever president it was, I want to vote lo- for
4: whatever president was watching WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> <right? Exactly. laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that should That's be great. that Somebody should be required. So you guys have to
4: pay for pay per view in the White House if you. WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if it's by Vince McMahon, you're yeah, damn right to do it. Everybody's got to pay. Except Piper. Uh, and it's uh, Uncle Bob, Sergeant Slaughter, is an amazing is an amazing guy. Uh, but he's a really, really tough boy.
5: You know it was crazy about meeting him there that night with you? Because I remember being there and you brought him there. And there was once a wrestling match that I got to go to in my hometown of Youngstown at the local little stadium when I was, I think, 10 or 11. Sure enough, my Dad, who had some kind of crazy connection there, was able to get me backstage, and I got to meet two wrestlers at the age of 10 or 11. And those two Night wrestlers ever. were Sergeant Slaughter
1: and Rowdy Roddy Piper. No went, way. were 10
5: years old in Youngstown, Ohio. I
1: have pictures of it. I've been to jail there. <laughs> no, it's nice jail mm-hmm. and donuts in the morning. Uh, so, I met you when you were 10? Yeah. And but you're and his th- father. And that's how crazy <laughs> it is. Yeah, this is why we're all here, guys.
6: I'm
4: just uh, here to make sure everything goes smoothly in the transition. <laughs> I'm, I'm Rowdy Ten and Thank you very and I'm you. just here to make sure all the leading paperwork is taken. getting hot through. here again. <laughs> uh, uh, you know when someone says, I saw you, I met you 10 years ago, and I could see Roddy doing math in his head.
1: <laughs> that <God>. was like <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I've had that feeling before, Roddy. Oh, baby Jesus. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, well, it's I didn't just, that.
5: It's just how crazy life is.
1: When you were, when you were a little kid, you, uh, you told me that you used to wrestle with your pillow.
5: Every single day. As far back as I can remember, I wrestled with my pillow on my bed from the time I got home from school until I got tired. I would drive my mom insane. I was I would never do any homework. I would just take off my Catholic school uniform when I got home, down <laughs> to my tidy whities, which to me were just wrestler spandex, you know, that's just the uniform. And pull up my baseball socks, and I would just beat the shit out of a pillow. I would do everybody's finishing move, you know, just suplexes, making so much noise. I'd get on the television that was on a dresser across the room, and that would be the top rope. The dresser would be the second rope. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I I'd write it. out these brackets it. with like, with like, you know, 40 wrestlers, and I would fight out each match throughout the night until finally at the end there's one champion you know and I would just have everything all set up I'd even I'd even at times have music on my, on the tape player that you could record from the radio back then and I would press play on the tape player and I'd go into my closet and walk out of the closet like entrance music and just get on the bed and salute and all this stuff oh, every day I was just putting on a show for only myself and my pillow
1: and mom now
5: No, she was like, well, you know, she had to deal with it. There was even this crazy old insight. I was so crazy as a kid that I would do this thing where I would, uh, I would, uh, wrestle a pillow and eventually the match at times would get into her room. And I would go, <laughs> and I would go, Mom, tell us you counted us out, that we're disqualified, that the match ends in disqualification. Yeah. She'd so look she at
4: me like up. I was just crazy. You couldn't even let yourself win back then. <laughs> <laughs> she is a, you lost to a fucking Count out. <laughs> I'm not good enough yet. One day this pillow will get his ass whooped. <laughs> just doing push-ups again.
3: There's no easy way. I'm drinking raw eggs. i <laughs> <laughs> done, run, run. Oh, I used God. to
4: put my brother in a figure four leg lock that uh, I think cool. he still doesn't walk correctly. Uh, <laughs> that's a real so thing, yeah. It, oh, yeah. 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 I used to pause it on the VCR, the wrestling, so you could get the right ankle. Figure oh, yeah. four leg lock was kind of like, all right, that, that, and then you fell backwards, <laughs> but you didn't know where to put your ankle. Yeah. And I- then I- once I figured out where to put my <laughs> <laughs> ankle oh, oh my you God. Your brother. He would be crying. I'd be like, oh, you can do it to me next. And then, you know. Oh like here's you my terrible right. figure
2: four story. My little brother was always way smarter than me. Okay. And he's <laughs> watching I guess in the WWF it was Valentine that used a figure four. Oh yeah. And because Fla- we've watched WWF and then NWA. So it would go, my little brother, by the time Flair's sinking it in, an hour later, I don't know what year this was, but he's like, I think I got it. And I'm like, what? He's like, a figure for landing? Yeah. yeah. So then he's showing me how to do it. He's putting me in it, but he's being such a sweet kid. He's like, now this is where the pressure gets applied on the knee. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I'm not going to do it hard. So he does it, okay, because he's, he's my little brother. He's sweet. And I'm like, now can I try? He's like, you're not going to lock it in, are you? I'm like, I'm not going to lock it in. And again, he's like, okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit, and I'm going to lock it in. He's like, don't lock it in! <laughs>
3: And I was like, uh, you shouldn't have showed me! <laughs> 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 he went straight my mom 2 seconds on their police it was mom, uh, mom police, police. but if
4: you didn't lock it in Holy you were just two dudes laying there with your feet next to each other yeah. I
1: and mean, if you grab the wrong leg it really yeah. sucks, man yeah, yeah it really
4: does yeah, you get it on yourself then
2: yeah. Yeah, you, you know you it over you would be on your yeah, door you, you d- do the push
1: up you yeah. yeah you can flip it over the other way is to grab the ropes and stand up if you can stand up, you can change the pressure. But no, you know, there was no ropes in my house. <laughs> you didn't have ropes in your house? Uh, I, I thought everybody I just did. A cage, my father built. To make it stronger. <laughs> Where were you born? New York. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, New York, yeah. Yeah. Long Island, New York, Long Island, Strong True. Island. I was just in. You I were fought at the Coliseum, Mr. T. Right? Yeah, the, I fought Mr. T. Boxed him in uh, Nassau Coliseum.
4: I, I live very close from there. Very close to there. And you were
1: born and raised in there. Born
4: and raised right around there, yeah. Yeah. Nice stuff. Yeah. Nice
1: stuff. New York
4: is a great town. It is a great town. It really it is. is. It's uh yeah. I'm I you know, I've been out here for ten years and I just recently bought a house back there and raising my family and, and the boys there, it's just better. It's for for me it's better. I How want many to kids you got? We uh, we have two boys. We just had a boy two months ago. Another congratulations. Boy. Thank you. Yeah, oh, Thank you, guys.
1: I, I'm a big I'm a big time um, dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> my balls right there. <laughs> How old are the boys? He,
4: my son, is, my oldest son is three and a half, and my youngest is two months. Two months uh, in like a week.
1: You're so fuck. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be working for the next 30 years. I don't care how much money oh, you no, make. Oh, I know. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. I know. Because uh, just the standard of living goes up. More horses, you know. I bought a soccer <laughs> cleats that were 80 bucks I, that he wore three times. Yeah. I think I'm giving him to Pele. He's like, I don't even know what to do with these. I played soccer with Pele. He's really good. What? what? Wait a minute. Hold on. No, i Oh, I played piano with Mozart. No. What?
4: <laughs> soccer with Pele. No,
1: I did. But he's he's really good. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. No, him and a guy named Kevin Keegan. Have you heard of him? No. It was uh, he's really good too. Um, I was a uh, in Scotland and. it it was horrible. A guy named Frank Bruno, a boxer, was captain of one him. team, and they made me the captain of the other team in these little shorts, and it was fucking raining, and it was miserable, and Pele was on one team, and uh, Kevin Keegan was on mine. <laughs> it was on um, BBC for charity, and so then there was a penalty. Like, I don't know shit about soccer. Yeah. And so Kevin Keegan says, okay, the guy, you do it and kicked the ball, and there's a whole net, and their goalie was some comedian, and he had, a, like, a Snoopy leather helmet on, uh-huh. and, and he, like, really sucked, and so I kicked the ball, and I kicked it right into his chest, and he fucking caught it. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, I was a real hero. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, like, nobody really spoke to me after that. And I don't care, because it was fucking miserable. Stupid-ass sport. Because <laughs> I can't play it. Yeah. Uh, but Pele was there. And, Pele. Yeah, he, he was good. He was So good. you met Muhammad Gigan Ali... LA, I don't know. yeah, everybody. Uh, the Queen. Queen Elizabeth. Wow. Our, uh, yeah. yeah, the Queen. I the that- uh, you know, I tell you one, it's pretty cool, man. Um, it's called Royal Albert Hall. And there's, I don't know, maybe holds phew, 1,400 people. But there's the booth. or uh, not, not the booth. A balcony where the Queen is. And there's a big crown on it. And... Uh, I, don't know, I was that was one of the cooler gigs that That's I. That's amazing. Ever done. What did you uh, if
4: you don't? What did, you, did we do? Uh, wrestle they, there
1: or was yeah, it, yeah, and <laughs> 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 oh, shit. I forgot about this. So we're going. We had, the very first pay per views. We had a rule: it's live. Nothing can go wrong because I mean, you know there's just so much that goes wrong. You just got to roll with it. And so this is in Royal Albert Hall, and we're in the ring. and It was a uh, either Royal Rumble or Battle Royal and all the lights in the fucking building went out. Just completely dark, like for uh, like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And so, you know, me being the bright spark, I'm looking around. I just laid down the mat because there's so many guys, and they're catching punches. And I just laid down the mat and started hitting the mat. All of a sudden, the lights come back on. Oh, shit. And I jumped back. So to was my, it a is Royal
2: it? Rumble or something? Is yeah, yeah. Uh, royal. Maybe it was royal a, a, or a, a or something? Battle
1: or something. Royal. And um then w- if you go, like... To Buckingham Palace, what happens is there's a there's a room and it's all red velvet and where the orchestra pit is and all of a sudden she just appears and there's a there's a door uh, I don't know like a secret fucking door and it's right by the fireplace and and all of a sudden there's a she's queen. just there she's just there and you, you you can't talk to her no and you she got gloves on and there was this, this famous story. You got comedians. I love you. I love you so much. You got a lot of balls, man. And you're not supposed to So the Queen's going down the line, right? And, you know, she doesn't really say anything. uh So I can't remember the comedian's name, but he's famous over there. And as the Queen's going down, he, he steps out of line. He says, Excuse me, ma'am. He says, Do you like soccer? And she says, not really. He says, well, may I have your tickets? <laughs> 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 She's got good tickets, I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, I met a lot of people. That's the queen. Now, I just signed an autograph for the president of the Republic of Congo, and they want me to come and fight there. But, um, they tell me it's a little dicey.
2: Another San Domingo gig it could turn into...
1: Yeah, but, you know, blood diamonds, and they're chopping hands and heads off there. At least San Domingo, they're just trying to rock me, you know. That's, that's okay.
5: It's good that uh, Joseph Coney has your autograph now, though, huh? <laughs> 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 and then, is then uh, a YouTube the k- video? King,
4: the U- is a YouTube video? Yeah, he's a horrible dictator over there in the Congo. No, no this is yeah. not the guy you got the autograph. Right. No, no, like, yeah. his,
1: his sure. name st- started with a K, like, Co- oh, Jesus. Co- <laughs> <laughs> it
4: is like a maybe. Well, I need oh, have to testify pretty soon. <laughs> I just I came, came to in to do it, the it, podcast. I, I didn't ju- know what was going on.
1: And then the guy that's running for the president of Kenya, K-E-N-Y-A, was in Toronto. I was doing an autograph, and they brought him and assigned a picture for him to, and whoever the president is now wow. for Kenya. You know that Raw every week goes into, I think it's 140 countries. Live. Oh, wow! It's a second. It's a second highest-rated show in India, only next to cricket. Wow! Uh, it goes, oh, it's unbelievable. It's the most powerful TV in the world, hundred and some odd countries. <laughs> unbelievable. And the way Raw started was when the what people called the WCW, uh, WWE wars, uh-huh. and. Um, WCW, I don't know why they called it Wars, because I wasn't in a fucking war with anybody. I was just getting a check, but that's what killed the WCW. It's another show, but guys' egos. But Vince McMahon uh, was, was losing, and so what he did was he killed all the extra fluff for money, that, that cost money, and he put it in a smaller arena and called it Raw. So it cut the budget in half, Raw, started divas, tits and ass, and uh, uh, Guy Stone Cold, uh, Steve Austin, mm-hmm. that was just running in territories, had got, got there, and we had all defected, and gone down to South WCW, and that's how Raw got its name, because it was supposed to be Raw, mm-hmm. and now July 23rd is the thousandth episode, so whenever, wow, you know, a thousand weeks ago, oh, we got to go, one minute, oh, uh, shit. Okay, Roddy Piper, Monster Killer. Is it com- I want to do a comic book. Uh, That's so cool. Uh, yeah, and kill monsters, you know, because I'm getting old and it's really hard well, killing giants. Lincoln <laughs> make that movie. He was like a Lincoln vampire killer. Yeah, you can Lincoln kill did it. For fuck's no sake, one minute. Oh, jeez, I don't want to go. Are we going to do this again, the Rob Pod? Every Thursday night. I'm going to have you all. I'm going to have
2: this room so full of people. What's all the of people that I love. I'll have people tweeting questions so that it's not people just us hogging
1: me. your time. You know, I love you. Yeah, I really oh, do. Thanks, my man. producer, Justin Edbrook, all these guys uh, in the Comedy Store, I, I got my name on the wall. I don't deserve it. Yes, you do. But I'm so oh, yeah. proud to be there and, and have you all here is uh, is really cool because none of you need to be. And I love you. And... Mm-hmm. and, and uh, You know, I'll I'll, I'll talk to you guys next Thursday, but I'll leave you with an Irish poem. For those who love us, may God bless them. For those who don't, may God turn their hearts. And if he can't turn their hearts, may he turn their ankles so we recognize them by their limp. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for coming. I love you with all my heart. Tweet away at the Rod Pod Show, Toad Hop Network. See you later. Thank you, Roddy.